0: Welcome to alert and oriented conversations about God between friends. Join Gary Barklow and Sam Williamson as we talk about real life with the real God, really.
1: Last November, I flew from Detroit to Denver because Gary and I were going to do something together, and Gary picked me up from the Denver airport to drive me down to the Colorado to the Springs. And, you know, on the way down, we're just talking about things that we've done recently. And Gary, just the previous weekend, had spoken at a church, and he told me the topic. I don't remember what the topic was, but he told me the topic. And I remember just thinking, "I, it just doesn't feel like Gary. But what I remember what I asked. I was trying to be polite, which is difficult for me. And <laughs> I, I said, Gary both past mid-60s now, if you had only 100 more sermons, if you only had 75 more talks you could ever do in the rest of your life, would that topic be one of them? And what did you say?
0: Oh, it, it! you totally took me by surprise with that. I mean, not that you asked me a question, because that's what we do with each other. You know, whenever we're just talking about our life, we're always open, either one of us, to have a question asked to go deeper or whatever. But The question hit me because my immediate answer was, no, I wouldn't do this message again.
1: Not because you thought it was wrong.
0: Right. Not that it was wrong and not, you know, I I thought it was important. That's why I was speaking on it. But the answer to your question was, I'm not passionate about this. I don't feel like this is the thing that I want to continue to present to people as long as I can. Now, here's what's amazing about the question in the moment. Is that back in August, I took some time away, which I traditionally try to do every year. I get in my pop-up 10 trailer. I, you know, I, I drive it up to the mountains. I spend a couple of days up there, away from everything. And I just try to, you know, reflect on my life and have time to ask God questions. What should I be doing? What should I learn from last year? What should this year, this season look like in my life? And what struck me differently. This time than every other time was the thought that this season that I'm coming into, and however you want to define a season, because this is in August. Now we can do this easily at the beginning of January, a new calendar year, or it could be a, a decade birthday, or whatever it is that causes us to re-examine our life. But but the thought that came to me was: I have always come into this moment in the summer. Thinking that the season in front of me, the year in front of me, should look like the year behind me. And it's really the first time I said, God, what should this look like? I'm not going to assume that what I've done in the past should carry into the future. And so, as I thought about that and I was praying about that, I remembered something someone had said to me years ago. And it was about the idea of looking at our life and asking the question, What should I add to my life? What should I subtract from my life? And what should I multiply that I have been doing? And I thought, I, I can work with that. You know, again, knowing that in most of our lives, if we're going to add something, we probably have to subtract something. And there are certain things we should be doing more of in terms of multiplication than we should do just a little more of. And it was a great grid. And so that's how I spent the hours that I had left up there with God. And to be really honest, I didn't get any answers. All I had was the question. And it wasn't until about a month later, as you brought up, Sam, in the context of our friendship, being together and talking about our life, and you asking me that question that God brought at least part of the answer to me was this is what i want you to subtract because i want you to multiply the other things that i put on your heart as you speak as you write and and those kind of things so god caught me by surprise he worked through you
1: <laughs> that's your surprise, <laughs> What's a surprise? Right? <laughs> what a surprise
0: Right, <laughs> the man who's who talks about hearing god and you did so sam how did that question come to you in the moment i mean because this is talking about hearing god and walking with him with another
1: well first i just love those questions honestly i mean you're telling me those questions right now cuz you didn't say those questions when we had that discussion last fall at least i don't remember it
0: right i didn't
1: um but i i love the questions because i do personally run into situations where I feel like God is asking me to do something new, you know, take up this opportunity or take up that opportunity. And I almost never ask the opposite question, which means I may have to let go of something, you know, and as believers, it's almost like we feel guilty if we let go of something, you know. Um, But the truth is, I, you know, I'm a human being and, if, and you know, in God, I kind of do all things, but I can only do the things that he asks me to do. And sometimes when he opens one door, he's shutting another door. And I I think one of my problems is I don't let go of things just the way I asked you to let go of something, you know, without even thinking about it. You know, you're sort of letting go of those kind of talks or that kind of service, that kind of thing you're saying, now is not the time. um, Because you want to multiply some things, perhaps. I know in my life, I'm adding some things, and I think God wants me to let go of some things. And uh, that's a very stirring what what are, what, are the, what is God asking you to add? What is asking you, God, to subtract? And what is God asking you to multiply? Are those questions? Right, right.
0: And as you bring up, it's, it's hard. Our, our life should be filled with good things. And it is hard to look at any of those and go, gosh, I, it's hard to let go of some good things. But there is so much we can do in our life. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, our life should be filled with good things. And there's... Only so many things that we can do in our life, so we do have to look at the subtracting side of things. And and part of my exercise when I was taking that time in August with God alone was trying to be realistic with our life. I mean, this is what serves in me as you say this, Sam. We need to be realistic with our life to be able to say what are all the things in my life right now, and the things that have been added, even if I didn't add them, they were added, and that happens a lot in family situations, right? We we continue to be we will continue to be, you know, parents to our children. And so things get added, maybe not by choice, but by responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and our heart to love our children and walk mm-hmm. with them well. so there there is a reality check that I think we have to go through. and that was part of the add subtract or multiply,
1: you know, well, I remember, I mean, now that you're saying this when Tim Keller was diagnosed with cancer. He was interviewed on a podcast somewhere. I don't remember where. This is two or three years ago that he was interviewed. I remember him saying, "And you know, he was, he was a humble guy. I don't think he was saying this proudly. He, he was saying, I think what I have to say today is the most important thing I've ever had to say. And I'm saying it the best. He said, but I don't have the strength I had 10 years ago. Mm. So I used to be able to speak almost, you know, he said he would speak three or four times a week at different events in New York. He said, I just can't do all that. So I have to pick the places I speak more wisely, which is he was basically saying the same thing as you. There's some things I just have to let go right? because he's being realistic about his life. Yeah. Even though he thinks in a certain sense, he's at the peak of his spiritual giftedness. He's not at the peak of his physical giftedness.
0: Yeah. And I can so relate to that because... You know, Sam, every time we do something together, whether it's my flying to where you are, or you flying to where I am, or we fly and meet up somewhere, and that takes more out of me every time we do this. And I realized I don't have the strength I used to have.
1: Are you saying being with me takes something out of you more than it, it used to? I get <laughs> so tired it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, you want to go there? We can go there. No,
1: no, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, so you were asking me how that thought came to me. And I yeah. think this is just the context of friendship. I know you. And, you know, you talk about the things that are interesting to you. You know, we get on the phone multiple times during the week and you just talk about what's happening, what's interesting, what you're talking about, the guys you're talking with. And you always have a set of reflections. And I heard you talking about this topic and I thought, you know, it's sort of like it would be good for young couples to learn how to budget and spend their money and talk about their money wisely and together. But, you know, that isn't God's call on my life. Now, I might have to do that with one of my kids here or there, but if I have 100 talks to do in the rest of my life, it's not going to be on budgeting. And it's not wrong. I hope somebody does do that, and I hope they're really gifted at it. But that Mm -hmm. I think that's not what God's calling me to do. And so when I heard you talking about this topic, I thought the topic was fine. But I'm sitting here thinking, (laughs) Gary spent, let's see, I mean, he's got to have spent 10, 15 hours preparing the talk, probably more. Then he had to travel there, and then he spent a whole day there. I'm thinking, would Gary really want to invest in all that? So I'm just thinking this as you're talking. And it sort of just blurted out of me, honestly. I don't know that I was trying to be diplomatic or anything. It just like the because I know you, I basically said, is that what you want to do the rest of your life? But the way it came out was if you had a hundred talks left, would you do that? Right. And I think that's what we want to do as friends. I right. want to say is that you really
0: yeah and and again you know what strikes me in this sam is how god speaks and how he moves when i was asking god back then what is it that i should subtract out of my life and of course if there is you know sin in my life that's pretty easy to understand that has to be subtracted out <laughs> but the good things are the hard things to discern and even at a time just alone with God, I felt like He didn't give me an answer. But then He worked through you in our friendship for you to ask me a question. And it was clear, it was black and white. Unquestionably, that was God speaking to me. Um, and that was a, an examination qual- question to my life, which I really needed. The other thing that strikes me really has been more of recent. So, you know, now we're in, we're talking about this in September, but now we're in January. As I think about what you're passionate about, and I've heard you come out and talk about the war of the world in our church, and of course, I heard you before that do that at our base camp gathering and other times, and, and, and the idea of the pagan world that we live in, let me put it in terms of that, the pagan world that we live in, and how do we live well in it? How do we have friends in this world? How are we friends to others, but not to the world? It's it's made me think about my life to the point that I've thought, I want to help believers live well in this pagan time that we're in, this pagan world, um, by being, and I'm going to use the words that move me that I've shared with you before, that by being bold, humble, and generous, because they have clarity, calling, and courage. And so I feel like God is just is more and more. He's given me that focus and that clarity of, you know, add, subtract and multiply. That's kind of a multiplying statement that I'm I'm sharing right now. But just little by little, I'm trying to live attentively of, of what are you saying? Because I believe you haven't forgotten the question, God, that I asked you back in August. And I don't think it was a one and done answer when you and I talked in September. So, Sam, am uh, I think two, three weeks ago, you came back from doing a retreat um, and speaking on hearing God in conversation from your book. Yeah. And so not only teaching on it, but doing exercises where people were actually involved in hearing God in scripture and hearing God for others and, and so on. So <laughs> as, as a speaker and an author on this, how w- what has God been speaking to you lately about your life this season, this year, looking forward?
1: Most years, I take some time in December just to sort of figure out what's going to be my theme for the new year. And while I haven't used the word, what am I adding, subtracting, and multiplying, I am sort of thinking, what's my focus? Maybe that's what's my focus, what's my theme? Mm-hmm. And and I'm not trying to create one. I'm trying to articulate what I think God has already been doing. And so I'm trying to examine what God is up to and just put words around it. Um, you know, I'm not trying to pull myself up from my bootstraps. I'm not trying to create a calling. I'm trying to articulate, in this case, maybe a spiritual theme. Right. And I just didn't do much of that in December. I thought about it some. Carla and I talked about it, but I was busy with some other things. And just a couple of weeks ago, Carla said, so, Sam, what's your theme for 2024? because she'd been thinking about it and she was sharing hers, which was really good. I thought hers was really good, better than mine. But um, I was embarrassed because my reaction was to say, you know, I think that if I had to say anything that God has been doing in my life, it was to say, I feel like God is trying to call, try. God is always doing what he's doing. He's calling me, inviting me to wait on him. But to learn what waiting on Him is. Now that day, the very day in my prayer time, I read Psalm thirty-seven, and Psalm thirty-seven says, "Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him." A few two verses later, it says, "Those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land." Right at the very end of the psalm, the last verse is, "Wait for the Lord, keep His way, and He will exalt you." And I remember thinking, "Okay, that's a confirmation." You know, (laughs) here I'm saying to Carla, well, maybe it's wait for the Lord. But as I thought about it, I felt like historically, I've always thought of waiting as I'm just sitting there and waiting to see what God does, you know. And I just took some time to pray, and I felt like God's saying, waiting is not episodic. It's not like God gives you something and you go do it. And then you stop and you wait. I felt like God said, I'm always supposed to be waiting and working and worshiping it's not like life is sunday is worship monday is waiting and tuesday and wednesday are working you know it's like in a certain sense while i'm working i'm waiting to see what god is up to and while i'm waiting i'm doing some things i'm active i'm responsible um i'm it, it's an activity as opposed to you no know, it's a restful activity but i think that There are too many times I do something thinking what I'm doing, I'm I'm trying to say, how do I say this? I think my resting is too often in what I do instead of my resting in what God is doing. So when Mm -hmm. I'm doing something, I'm not waiting on God, I'm waiting on what I'm doing. You know, and I feel like God's trying to teach me to do those things but to wait on him in the middle of doing those things. Now, sometimes God might call me not to do anything. I, I don't mean that. But I'm saying, in general, I think that I haven't learned how to wait on God in the middle of doing things. Because I don't think life is just divided between working and waiting. I just don't think that's true. I think that I'm supposed to wait while, I'm work, while I work. And so, work while I wait. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I like your three W's of wait, work, and worship. Um, I think there's a fourth W in there, it's watch. But I think so,
1: I think you're right.
0: Yeah. So it watch sounds like they're
1: similar, but not the same thing.
0: Right. So as you're as you're describing learning how to wait in the midst of working, because we do think waiting is when you're not working. Yeah. But how to wait in the midst of worship, it sounds like what you're saying to me is it's it's Watching and listening to God in the midst of your working, where he can interrupt it, He can change it, He can speak to it, He can stop it so that you're not the 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 primary point of work is not you. It's God, right? His working through you. I mean, it's fascinating. I've never thought about how do you wait in the midst of working?
1: Well, I've only been thinking about it for two weeks, so don't ask me to elaborate. <laughs> I just feel like it's a revelation that, yeah. I have made this artificial divide between waiting and working and worshiping and watching. Um, and that if I'm really worshiping, I will be waiting in the middle of my work, you know, the, and, and I think waiting sometimes involves timing, you know, how um, in Psalm one, it's talking about the blessed person who's, you know, meditating on God's word. He's like a tree planted by streams of liver, by of living, of water that yields its fruit in its season. You know, and so the tree is still living there. It's still alive. It's still breathing or whatever trees do, you know, and soaking up water. But there's a, there's a it's working, but it's waiting for God's timing to bear the fruit. And I, I feel like God is saying part mm-hmm. of the waiting while I work is watching for the time that God's bearing fruit. And it's okay that it may feel fruitless in a time. I, I'm not necessarily feeling fruitless right now, but I feel like God is saying, "Don't look at the fruit." You know, it's okay to be working and waiting and watching and knowing that God bears fruit in its season, and and He's still doing something. I just don't see it. It's so awesome. a sudden, oop, pop, out pops the grape. You know, it's not like the yeah. vine wasn't doing anything the other nine months of the year, right? But there's not always grapes on that vine.
0: Yeah. Well, see, th- this is fun because you know we we are just simply doing now. We with the recording on. That's all. That's the only difference. Is we're talking about each other's lives. And what are you thinking? And and you know how would you articulate that? And and I love how you articulated this. And I'm honestly looking forward to as you continue to work through what is God saying specifically to you about waiting while you're working. As you said, I've just started this. Yeah. So,
1: let me tell you a story I heard once, and I should have applied this before. I just heard a guy, you know, it's one of these, like, comedians was telling a joke. And he walked into a train station. He bought a train ticket, you know, to go somewhere, visit his folks or something. So, he has a ticket in his hand, and he walks in to the waiting room. And the waiting room says, waiting room, hyphen, no loitering. <laughs> you know, And he says, well... <laughs> I'm sort of loitering while I wait for my train. You know, so he just thought it was funny. You know, it's sort of like an oxymoron. Waiting room, no loitering. But I remember thinking actually there's something kind of profound about that because if I'm waiting, I have a destination, I have a ticket, I'm doing something, but loitering is sort of the aimlessness, directionlessness, I'm wasting my time, I'm going nowhere. I think waiting is more an active thing, and loitering is the thing that I think I used to think of as is waiting, but I think it's just loitering.
0: Yeah, that. <laughs> no, I will never forget that sign now. But I, yeah, I see the difference between loitering and waiting. It reminds me. I just read this verse. It's Second uh, Peter, uh, one verse eight, and it's where he's going through. It's it's the verse that most of us remember about. Yeah. You know, add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge, and he goes on. But then he says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you will—they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And and in, ineffective is literally the word idle, right? Which yeah. is loitering. You're just yeah. idle, <laughs> and and so and unproductive means without fruit and so we need to be not idle right working moving and 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 looking to bear fruit which is that great picture of that waiting room you're waiting for the train you are moving you know you've set yourself up to move yeah that's really good
1: um i would say gary the th- the thing that i take away from our discussion today is a couple of couple things. One is just the importance of friendship again. Mm -hmm. You know, I asked you a question just because I was literally curious, you know, is this the kind of thing you really want to spend the rest of your life doing? And it helped you. For me, Carla, a friend, she's a wife, she's a wife, she's my wife, (laughs) but she's a friend, you know? (laughs) Yeah. She's a friend And she just asked me, we get together every morning after our prayer time, and she just asked me a question, you know, what's your theme for the year? And I hadn't done anything, and yet her asking me that day, the same day that I read a passage later on about waiting, has got my mind going on something. So I'd say one thing I take away is friends are so important, and friends who are able to ask friends questions are so important. And I would say, secondly, there's just an avow, there's a huge value in just examining your life, for things to add, subtract, multiply, or focus on. But I like your word, multiply. I like that better than focus on.
0: Yeah. You know what? And of course, Sam, you and I have spent time developing what we deeply believe are core profound messages, meaning they're so important to our Christian walk on calling, um, hearing God, friendship. And the more recent one we've done was examining your life, living an examined life, of which, you know, we hope to have this up very soon. And and we really touched on all those things in this conversation and and not in an orchestrated way. It's just we talk about these things because they're, you know, they're absolutely key to walking well with God and with each other. So this has been a really fun conversation. And I, I think we should just go deeper into you know, what we've learned about living and examine life in in the podcast to come.
1: I do too. That's great. I will see you next week. All right. See you,
0: everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our websites, thenobleheart.com and beliefsoftheheart.com for more resources in living the eternal life with God today. You'll find articles, videos, and online classes. See you next week.